In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Holy 50 Days, which is the period of time uh, that we do not fast uh, after the Resurrection Feast. And uh, we read about Christ speaking about himself, and he says what in John chapter 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And it's interesting that he, he speaks about himself as bread, because we know that he, bread was necessary for life. Bread is food, sustenance for our bodies. And at the time, bread was one of the most common foods. And actually, for some people, bread was the only food that they would eat um, because they didn't have all the different food options and things that we have now. And especially for those who were poor, they didn't have money to buy other kinds of food. Bread was always available, something they could make and eat of every single day. So he is saying about himself that he is the bread of life. He is not like the regular bread. He's not the bread that we eat on a daily basis, which nurtures our bodies only. But he is the bread of life. And it's also interesting during this time of the Holy 50 Days, maybe we all have experienced that after you fast for a long period of time, that you are really looking forward to breaking the fast and you're looking forward to eating meat and you're looking forward to eat all these foods that we dream and fantasize about during the great fast. And then on that day of the resurrection, when we come to break the fast and we eat of the other food, and then suddenly it just loses its luster. Like, okay, this was nice. It's good that I ate this, but it's not really as fascinating or as exciting or as you know wonderful as I had imagined it to be because after all, it's food that we've all eaten before. Here, what Christ is saying is he is a different kind of food. He is not the kind of food that maybe we look forward to, even the most tasty, best tasting food that we look forward to after we break the fast. He's saying, I'm a different, completely different kind of food. I'm a food that sustains your life in a very different way than the food that you eat. The food that you eat, no matter how tasty, no matter how you know delicious it is, you're going you're gonna to taste of it, and then immediately after you eat of it, you're going to be like, okay, well, that, that's nice, but it, was it really that great? Was it really something that uh, sustains me? Actually, very shortly after we eat and we get full, we're going to get hungry again, and we're going to want to eat again. And yet Christ, the food that he offers us is something what? He says, what? He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Meaning when we partake of this bread of life, that it sustains us forever. It's not something that we eat once, and then its, it's effect is very short-lived, and its effect is maybe a little disappointing. Actually, no, what the bread that he is offering to us is something that is eternal. So when we speak about this um, bread of life, the bread of life is the bread of the spirit. It is what nourishes our spirit, not necessarily our bodies as much, not necessarily our flesh as much. Our flesh cares more about the, the bread of food, the, the normal food. Maybe that again, like when we break the fast, that's the kind of food that we're interested in. Maybe we're not so much interested in the bread of life at that point. We're interested in a different kind of bread. Um, but this is an important differentiation between this bread of life that God wants us to have versus the bread of the flesh that we want to have. And this really reflects kind of the war that we continue to wage while we are in the flesh. It is the war between the spirit and the flesh. That the spirit is nourished by one kind of food, by one kind of activity, by one you know, kind of thing. And the flesh is nourished by a completely different kind of thing. And these are at odds with one another. So I want to speak a little bit today about this um, characteristics and this war between the spirit and the flesh, because in some sense, this defines our entire life. 
This defines our entire walk with Christ. This defines our, 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 our morality. This defines our faith. This defines the way we treat one another. This defines everything is this constant battle that we have and all the decisions that we make based on the war between the flesh and the spirit. And again, Christ is coming here saying, I am the bread of life. I am coming to nourish your spirit. I'm coming to give your spirit life. I'm coming to revive and resurrect your spirit, right? He's not focusing as much on the flesh, which unfortunately we are the ones that tend to focus on this. So what are some of the characteristics of the spirit versus the flesh? The first one is we have to identify that they are indeed enemies. They're opposed to one another. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And this is very important for us to understand this concept that the spirit is against the flesh and the flesh is against the spirit and that these are contrary to one another. And even more interestingly, it says what? So that you do not do the things that you wish. So if anyone of us, which is all of us, have ever been in a situation where we know the right thing that we should do, but we struggle to do it and we can't do it and we fail at doing it, now we know why. It's because of this war between the flesh and the spirit. Our spirit is telling us, do the will of God. Our spirit is, is telling us, you know God's commandments. You know what is it that you should be doing. But when we stand to try to do it, immediately we fall because our flesh is weak and our flesh is trying to convince us that it's not possible, we can't do it, you shouldn't do it, this is not expected of you, we're too weak to stand to do anything. Right For God, this is the war that we are fighting, this is the spirit versus the flesh. So it's important for us to realize that this war exists, and it's important to realize that whatever feeds the one hurts the other. And, and, and this is unfortunate. We wish it wasn't this way. We wish we could have both. We wish we could have the fullness of the flesh and the indulgence of the flesh and everything we want in the flesh, while at the same time having the fullness of the spirit. This would be wonderful, right? We could have everything, but we can't have everything. God said, you cannot serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other or be loyal to one and despise the other, right? So we can't serve both. If we go after the food of the flesh only, the things that satisfy the flesh only, the things that, that we, the indulgences of the flesh, then, then what will happen is we will just naturally gravitate away, away, away from God and the things of God because we are too preoccupied and consumed with the world. And when I say that, I'm not talking just about the sinful things in the world. I'm talking about the world in general. The more we occupy our minds, even with non-sinful things that are in the world, then we begin to forget about God. We forget about prayer. We forget about reading the Bible. We become so consumed with media, entertainment, with friendships, with career, with whatever it is, that we get so involved in this worldly things, the things that, you know, how do we define what is worldly? Things that end after we die. This is worldly. It exists only in the world. It doesn't exist after the world. It doesn't exist after we leave the world. That's how we understand if something is worldly. It doesn't mean that it's sinful. Obviously, all of us have to work, right? All of us, you know, need to sleep. All of us need to eat, right? But these things are worldly in the sense that they are here in this world and they are not in the next. So here, this constant war that is, I want to spend all my time in this camp, in the worldly camp, right? As opposed to spending time also in the spiritual camp, okay? And this is the balance that we have to find. So these are enemies, the flesh and the spirit. 
Also, the spirit, when we speak about spirituality, spirituality is focused obviously on the spirit, whereas the flesh is focused on carnality. Okay, carnality. Our, our spirit desires and promotes activities that bring us closer to God, whereas our flesh seeks only self-gratification. Right? Our spirit wants us to be in communion with God. Like That's the thing that gives our spirit joy, is being in communion with God. Any activity that brings us closer to God brings us joy in the spirit. But this actually frustrates the flesh. The flesh hates this. The flesh doesn't want this because this is, is a very kind of long-term delayed kind of joy that doesn't provide instant gratification in the moment, which is what the flesh desires. The flesh, all it cares about is I want to feel good now. In whatever way, maximize the, the emotional feeling, maximize the feeling of good, and I want it immediately. This is the only thing that matters to me. How can I get pleasure immediately? How can I satisfy my desires immediately? Okay, And again, this causes part of this war that is within us. Do I delay enjoyment for, the, for, for a greater cause, for a greater purpose? For instance, when it comes, let's say, to a physical relationship okay, and marriage. Do I delay physical relationship for marriage, which will ultimately result in even a greater joy? Or do I say, no, I'm going to indulge my lusts immediately because this is something that my body wants. In Romans chapter 7, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Again, St. Paul is reiterating the same thing that was said in, in the previous verse in Galatians. He's saying, the things that I want to do, I can't do. But the things that I hate, that I, that I don't want to do, that is what I find myself doing and doing constantly. Right? This is, the, again, the war between the spirit and the flesh. The spirit wants communion with God. The flesh wants instant pleasure right away. Also, a difference between the two is, as we said, the type of food that nourishes each one. The type of food that nourishes the spirit is different than the type of food that nourishes the flesh. Okay? When Christ said that he is the bread of life, meaning he is coming to nurture our spirits. He wants our spirits to thrive. When we partake of him, we, our spirit thrives, our spirit grows. We, we enjoy his presence. We are in communion with him. These spiritual activities are the food of the spirit. So it causes our spirit to grow, to become stronger, to become more resilient, to become uh, you know, stronger in faith, that I begin to believe in things maybe that I do not see. But the flesh, the food of the flesh is physical pleasure. Anything that causes a physical pleasure, this is the, the, what the flesh enjoys. But actually, even in these things that the flesh enjoys, even the things that bring my flesh joy in the moment, actually many times these have a long-term destructive effect. And this is another characteristic of kind of the difference between the flesh and the spirit. The food of the spirit has no side effects, right? It's only positive. It's only upside. It's only good, right? When, when, when you spend time in prayer, you're going to get something good, and it's never going to have any bad side effect, okay? Whereas the food of the flesh, for instance, if, if you indulge in, in food, a lot of food, you can grow fat, and you can get unhealthy, and you can, people can have health issues from eating too much. Uh, you can become addicted, for instance, anything that you, that you eat or consume, even in small amounts, even if it feels good in the moment, like drugs, for instance, you can become addicted and then it becomes to damage your body, right? So even in the design that God has made to help protect us from indulging in things that lead us away from Him, He leads us 
to, or he doesn't lead us, he, he, he allows us to experience the negative side effects of things that are long-term bad for us. Okay, And this is one of the reasons why we try to escape from those things. For instance, someone doesn't want to um, indulge in drugs because they don't want to experience these side effects. They don't want to have the health problems. They don't want to have this type of thing. So they say, you know, I need to stay away from this because it's dangerous or alcohol or smoking or whatever the case might be. The things that some people want to use in the moment for physical enjoyment can have long-term damaging effect. And this is true about any kind of physical indulgence that we have even if the thing itself is good like food for instance if it's, it's good it's necessary but if you abuse it you will pay the consequences of it with the spirit however it's different the kind of food that we receive in the spirit right it actually has a long-term positive effect you can't overdose on it okay and actually the more you partake of the spiritual food the less you even want the physical food the less you want the physical enjoyment, the physical satisfaction, because you are so enjoying the spirit and being in union with God. In John 4, um, this is uh, in the encounter with the Samaritan woman. It said, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, speaking to Christ, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Meaning the food that sustains me, the thing that keeps me uh, alive and enjoying my life is something you do not know. It's something internal, it's something spiritual. It's not the physical food that I'm after. It is the spiritual food. The fourth characteristic of the difference between the spirit and the flesh has to do with the highs and the lows. Okay, In the spirit, we experience highs and lows gradually over long periods of time. Okay? So for instance, I could you know, sow in my spirit for a long period of time in prayer and reading and going to church and fasting, and maybe in the moment, it doesn't have any real specific effect that I can notice. But a lifetime of this over a long period of time can result in holiness and righteousness and sanctity and patience and all these virtues that we attain only over a very long period of time, never in the moment. There is never a time where we pray and ask God for a virtue and the next day we wake up and we have attained it. It's something that is a long process, okay? The same is true with spiritual damage. When I neglect these activities, I might not see the effect on me immediately. If I neglect prayer, if I neglect reading, if I neglect going to church, again, I don't see the negative effect in a day or in a week or maybe even a year. But over a long period of time, my spirit begins to decay, to atrophy, right? And, and, and maybe virtues that I had attained, they begin to slip away from me. Maybe I begin to lose my patience. Maybe I lose my faith. Maybe I become angry easily. Maybe a lot of things that I used to not have an issue with, now I begin to have an issue with again, okay? With, with the, the flesh, however, it's different. With the flesh, it's all about instantaneous, right? So in the moment, Okay, I feel I want something, I satisfy an urge that I have in the moment, and that satisfies me. But it's a very fleeting, short-lived feeling. Actually, I was thinking about when I was thinking about the fasting and being hungry. If you think about, like, if you've ever been very hungry, like very, very hungry, and you just can't wait to eat, okay? And then you eat, and then within a period of 15 minutes, you're so stuffed that you want to, you know, you can't even move, Okay. That's within the span of 15 minutes. So within 15 minutes, you went from being extremely hungry, okay, to uh, you know being full, to being overly full, to feeling sick, okay. Within such a short period of time, because that's the way that the flesh responds. The flesh responds immediately, right? 
So how quickly does our flesh change state? The same food that looked so attractive to me now looks like I hate it. I can't look at it because it's too much. I already ate too much and I can't stand to look at it anymore. Also between the, the, the spirit and the flesh, we have to understand this concept of what is urgent versus important. Okay, Something is urgent when it has to be dealt with immediately, like a fire. Okay, When there is a fire, you have to put out the fire immediately. You can't just take your time and say, you know, what are we going to do about this fire? You know, so let's have a meeting about it and discuss it. You know, the fire is going to burn the building. Okay, you have to act immediately. Okay, whereas something that is maybe important but not urgent is how am I going to schedule my week? How am I going to schedule my time over over a long period of time? Am I going to invest my time into useful activities or not? This is something important, but it's not necessarily urgent. There's nothing pressing me. There's no urgent deadline for me to follow. And this is a difference between the spirit and the flesh. The, 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 the food of the spirit and the investment in the spirit is important but not urgent. This is why we tend to put it off. This is why we don't feel any urgency. You know, if I don't do it today, I can do it tomorrow. It's not a big deal. And if I don't do it tomorrow, I can do it the next day. And I don't feel starving right by doing this our spirit is starving but we don't feel that it's starving whereas with food it's very different the moment i skip a meal or i don't eat for a day my body is screaming my body's yelling at me you have to eat and you have to eat immediately you can't put this off anymore and so that's what pushes us to eat that's what pushes us to give to satisfy any desire we have is because that desire keeps nagging us nagging us nagging us until we finally fulfill it and this is why it's very difficult for us to fast. And this is why it's difficult for us to maintain self-control in, in so many different ways, in our thoughts, and our actions, in, in our dealings with one another, in, in satisfying any desires of our body, because our body is yelling. Our body says, now, 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 you must do it now. And, and, and it's, it's something that requires training for us to be able to say, no, I'm not going to give you what you're asking for now, because what you're asking for is deceptive. What you're asking for, like the moment I give it to you, you're going to just jump to the next thing and say, well, no, now give me this. And the moment I give you that, now you're going to jump to the next, now give me this. And, and you're not going to remain satisfied with what I give you. After I give it to you, you're going to just want it again. And you're going to want it again. And you're going to want it again. And this is kind of the deception of the flesh, that the flesh is never satisfied. But this, the spirit is different. When we are filled with the Spirit, it is not this kind of a fleeting moment. It's not like you have these very highs and very lows, right? And, 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 and it's important but not urgent. There is not going to necessarily be this kind of um, uh, alarm that goes off that says now it's time to pray. No, actually it might be the opposite. I'm just saying there is no alarm. It's not urgent. It's not something that I need to do right away. And this actually is one of the, the biggest battles that we have between the flesh and the spirit is the flesh is very loud gets our attention whereas the spirit is very quiet speaks very gently and you, you sometimes you can't hear it or discern it unless you are looking for it and we hear this actually about the the voice of god the voice of god himself is very quiet when when elijah was waiting to hear the voice of god it says what uh, god is speaking to elijah and he's saying then he said go out and stand on the mountain before the lord and behold the lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. 
So how is it that God chose to speak with Elijah? It wasn't in the strong wind that was so strong that it was tearing up the mountain. It wasn't in an earthquake. It wasn't in a fire. But it was in a very small voice that if anyone was distracted, if anyone was not paying attention, if Elijah was not attentive, trying to hear the voice of God, maybe he would not even have heard it. And he would have been so focusing on the earthquake and the fire and the wind. The earthquake and the fire and the wind, this is like the desires of the flesh. These are like just cataclysmic, just hit you on the head, give me this immediately, right? These are these desires that we have. Whereas the voice of God is this very subtle voice, this very small voice that if we are not paying attention, we might not hear it, okay? This is the difference between what is urgent and what is important. Finally, what is the motivating factor that causes us to pursue this food, whether it be spiritual or uh, uh, earthly food? For the physical needs, it is a desire, because I, there is a desire that I have inside of me that I'm trying to fulfill. And sometimes we want to fulfill simply because the desire becomes too annoying, because it's constantly there, and I want to, the desire to go away, so I end up just doing whatever the desire says, because I'm tired of dealing with you. I just want your voice to go away. Your voice is too loud, and it's too annoying in me. So it's based on desire, okay? Whereas for the spiritual, it's not necessarily based on a desire. It's based on a discipline. It's based on a decision that I'm making. I'm not going to wait until I feel like doing spiritual activity. I'm not going to wait until I feel like to pray. I'm not going to wait until I feel like reading the Bible because maybe I will never feel, right? Again, you're trying to focus on this small voice and that small voice is very subtle and hard to detect. We focus much more on these very loud things like the earthquake, the fire, the wind, right? So those desires of the flesh are very loud and they, they come track you down and they say, no, you will do this now. You will eat now. Okay, satisfy this desire now. You must satisfy it. Whereas we don't have the equivalent. There is no sudden desire that comes on us that says, you must pray right, right now. Maybe not, right? So it's based on a discipline. St. Paul says to the Corinthians, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. What is he saying? He's saying an athlete, just the athlete in the world, will train constantly in order for them to win the competition. And they're very disciplined in their lifestyle in order to win. They don't allow them to eat certain things. They have to exercise and train every day. There are certain things that they do and they don't do. All of that because they want to win this earthly competition. So he's saying we are trying to win a heavenly competition. We are trying to receive not a perishable crown, one that decays and it's, you know, no more, but we are trying to win an imperishable one, one that will last forever. So just as the athlete is temperate, self-disciplined in all things, we are also spiritual athletes, and we are called to also be disciplined and temperate in all things so we can obtain this. So again, the spiritual requires discipline. It's based on a system of discipline. It's not based on a system of desire, necessarily. Whereas in the flesh, it's desire. It's, it's, it's I, I, I do according to what my body tells me it needs. And that's how I respond. So that's a very important distinction between the spirit and the flesh. So in conclusion, Christ came and he said that I am the bread of life, that he's offering us the food of the spirit so that we can be nourished in the spirit and get communion with God. And so we spoke about the six characteristics of the, the spirit versus the flesh. The first one is we said that they are enemies with one another. The second one is we said that if you feed one, then you deny the other one, right? If you feed the spirit, then, then you're, you're actually 
like making it easier to overcome the flesh. You're making yourself stronger to stand up against the wrong desires of the flesh. But if you go only after the flesh, you'll find that it's much harder to now do the things you need to do in the spirit. We said they have different types of food, right? The spiritual food to feed the spirit and the physical food to feed the body. Highs and lows, the spirit, it's very gradual, right? If we invest for a long period of time, over time we will have spiritual improvement, spiritual growth, and vice versa. If we neglect our spirit for long, we'll have spiritual decay. But in the flesh, it's instant, right? I get a high immediately followed by a low immediately after that. We said the difference between urgency and importance. The, the flesh is all about urgency. It's about now, it has to be now. Whereas the spirit, there is no urgency, but it's very important. It's something that has a long-term important effect on us, even though there are no alarms going off saying, we must do this right away. And then finally, in order to be motivated to pursue spiritual activities, we have to be self-disciplined. We have to acknowledge its importance and to seek after it. Whereas for the flesh, we don't have to be as disciplined because our bodies have these alarm bells that go off and says, give me, give me what I want. And that is the motivation for us to feed the body. Whereas to feed the spirit, we have to be disciplined. So may God grant us to understand the spiritual warfare that we are constantly in. And, and even now during the time of the Holy 50 Days, where our guard is down and we feel like there is no fasting and we can kind of do and eat as we like, this is actually a time where the devil tries to come and to remove from us all of the benefits and all the blessings that we received during the great fast because what we are now very loose we are now letting ourselves go and kind of do whatever it is that we want so may god grant us to always be waging this war and be faithful to it to the end and glory be to god forever amen